Hi, I'm Connor Byrne, and this is That's What I Call Marketing, the podcast where you would hear from the leading lights in the marketing world and listen to their unique insights. Well, if you listen to radio anywhere in the UK or Ireland in the 90s, you would have heard the dulcet tones of Dusty Rhodes. And he is my guest today on That's What I Call Marketing. Dusty started on Pirate Radio Sunshine 101 and joined Atlantic 252 before moving to Irish radio station 2FM, where he broke listenership after listenership record and hosts the renowned and famous Hotline Show. Dusty was always a bit of an early adopter, helping launch 2FM's first website in the early 1990s. So it comes as no surprise to hear that in 2006, Dusty was one of the first to get into podcasts. Having done it for so long, Dusty knows a thing or two about how to make great audio for the podcast age. So as someone who podcasts, I often get asked, well, why or when should a brand get into podcasts? So instead of me saying what I think, as per usual, I go to the best in the business. Dusty has just completed a comprehensive analysis of global award-winning podcasts. And so he joins me today to discuss all of that, all of the learnings from it, and tell you what you need to know as a brand owner if you are thinking about starting your own podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to That's What I Call Marketing wherever you are listening or watching so you know when our next episode lands. And if we can help you with your growth through marketing, visit thatswhaticallmarketing.com and see how we can help. Today's episode of That's What I Call Marketing is brought to you by The Indie List, Ireland's leader for freelance marketing, creative and digital talent. The Indie List provides easy access to hundreds of highly experienced and vetted experts across the marketing services business, quickly and cost-effectively. You can check out their full range of services at indielist.ie. Dusty, thanks a million for joining me on That's What I Call Marketing. Great You're to have welcome. you here. Good to be here. Listen, first of all, to avoid any confusion who, uh, you know, maybe people who are big WWE fans, you're no relation to Dusty Rhodes. He's passed away, so you're definitely not him. But anyway, no relation to WWE star. No relation whatsoever. Actually, when he when he passed away, you wouldn't believe the amount of text messages I got. People just don't pay attention anymore. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. we're WWF wrestling star. Dusty Rhodes passed away. And they just, <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> no, so <laughs> So for people who may not, who are listening, who may not uh, be familiar with you, can you give me just a brief uh, introduction? And, and then I want to get into the background because people in Ireland will, will know the name Dusty Rose. But let's start with what you're doing right now and then we'll go back. Okay. Uh, well, at the moment, uh, podcasting for brands is my thing. Uh, it all started off when I was a teenager and I got into radio in a big way. It was always my ambition to do that. I started working on pirate radio stations at 13, got into National Radio 21, spent about 15 years with RTE, after which I started my own audio production company. And we ended up making radio programs for practically every radio station in the country, picking up a load of PPI awards and Immer awards along the way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, around COVID time, we decided to uh, just focus on podcasts exclusively and also on podcasts specifically for brands, the reason being that brands share the same kind of high standards that I would have, because national radio is my standard. So I wanted to right. continue working at that standard. So that's why we work with brands today. And you just go, going back a little bit, because you worked on some, like, I guess, iconic stations like Sunshine, Atlantic 252, RT 2FM, was it just 2FM there? And then it was, and there was the hotline as well. You hosted that. So like these were 
big, big, you know, shows. I mean, Atlantic 252 was huge, huge UK listenership as well. Um, yes, <laughs> uh, Atlantic was interesting. A, a lot of people may have heard of Radio Luxembourg. Yeah. Uh, and they had ambitions to get into the UK with a daytime signal. So they teamed up with RTE to create this station called Atlantic 252, which was based in Trim in County Meath, but broadcast to the United Kingdom. So uh, in theory, the license was to broadcast to Ireland with a little overspill in the UK. So, and it meant we had that little kind of a pirate radio vibe because yeah. nobody knew who regulated us. I mean, we were licensed by the Irish authorities, but the content was, was for the UK. So it was obviously the UK's problem. And then if anybody complained to what, uh, what we were doing to the UK authorities, they'd go, well, it's an Irish station. I would go through. So like, we never got into it. We did some wild things. There was there. I remember one in particular was there was a protest at Strange Ways Prison in Manchester. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And we heard that the prisoners were on the roof with a radio and listening to us. Yeah. God, so I, I played a request for them. And gosh, did you? No. And the law won. That's really yes. Nuts. And then uh, RT was was terrific. Um, uh, the Hotline was a program. It was kind of for kids, a request show for kids. And it was known as the fastest hour of the day. Because it was all right. bam, 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 bam. And when they offered it to me, I was in the middle of getting a, a project together for the 75th uh, anniversary of the Air Corps. So I pitched the idea to the, the producer. I said, uh, okay, the Hotline's the fastest hour of the day. What if I presented the show from the cockpit of an Air Corps jet flying at the speed of sound across the country. And the producers go, oh my God, that would be amazing if you could organize it. And I went, well, guess what? I have. And he's like, what? So, uh, so yeah, so that's how uh, we launched the hotline. Uh, just plain requests from, from the cockpit of the Air Oh Corps my God, God. It was insane. And then to end it all off, uh, a moment I will never forget, uh, was just before we landed, uh, we decided to buzz the tower. So you're flying very high speed past the control tower of Palatano. And just for added interest, we did it upside down, inverted. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. yeah. I've, ha I've had a bit of fun in my day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Radio, like radio's a tough, like it's a tough business. Wow. I was working with some of the radio stations in the UK and Ireland doing these um, radiothon fundraisers for like three days. They gave over their airtime and it was, really unique um, thing. And we had loads of evidence actually that it, it, it connected the listeners to the radio station in a different way. Like it was phenomenal because they were telling stories in a different way for the first time. Yeah. Well, there's, there's something about radio where radio is one of the most trusted mediums. Yeah. And there's something about where, you know, I think it's a little to do with the fact that you cannot see people that you have to have a picture of them in your head. And because of that, there's an even stronger connection. Uh, and I would meet people all the time uh, and they would say, oh, blah, blah, blah. They, they, they'd know things about me that I had just like yeah. barely mentioned. I, yeah. I was in Kerry one day. Ah, oh, Dusty, how are you doing? How's your brother, Paul? I says, oh, he's great. Do you know? I know, but you mentioned that he worked in Dunn's in uh, Tralee there. Uh, and it's very strange when, you know, complete strangers come up and tell you things about your own life that you've forgotten you might have said publicly. Um, so, but I think that uh, that level of, of trust is there and people mm. seem to have that little connection. And the same thing is very true of 
podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of when you're listening to somebody, I mean, it's literally it's a it's a voice in your ear, like you know, and it becomes a friend. Yeah, it's a very it, it's a very I guess intimate maybe the wrong word, but it is like you, you're there. I mean, the other day, and we'll get on now to to some of the things you've learned from working with brands on the podcast. But but my wife was here, and she had been out on a walk with the dog, and she was listening to a podcast. She didn't even see me come into the kitchen. Didn't even see me. And next thing, I think it was one of these like thriller ones. And she got the fright of her life. And I was just like, well, like what? And she goes, oh, I didn't even hear you. Because she was so engrossed in the story and the storytelling. And, you know, she literally had zoned out and she was doing stuff. But what was going on around her was, was phenomenal. So uh, in five words... <laughs> What have you learned from working with brands? I, I, I know you're laughing and that's only because we, before we started that. I spent <laughs> Basically kind of, I'll tell you what, what I have learned. I mean, we've been working with brands now for, I've been working with brands all my life through radio. Hmm. And I've been working with brands specifically on podcasts for the last number of years. And I wanted to find out with brands and podcasts, what were the three, four, five things that really worked for everybody? Yeah. And I decided, well, how are we going to do this? So I searched the world for brands who had created award-winning podcasts and won awards from them. And because I figured, you know, if they're at that very level and they've won gold, silver or bronze for something, they're doing something right. Yeah. And what was it that all of those things have in common? Uh, and it came down to, and this is the five words, which I can expand a little bit about, but, uh, and much of it you have explained with that little story <laughs> with uh, your wife in the, in, in the kitchen, it's engagement, it's story, it's offering value to people, it's consistency and it's time. They are the five things Brilliant. that all of the award winners that we spoke to had in common for brand podcasts specifically. That's br- I, sorry, and I love that because it it reminds me. I love that you went to award winners, and you know people give awards and award winners a hard time, but it's it's where the likes of, you know, Peter Field went for his effectiveness work. He he went and looked at the award winners because it is you can you can glean a lot from just understanding things that got, come through in those 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 trends. So go, let's talk about each of those in in terms of then engagement as as a piece. What, what do you, let's go into that a bit more deeply. There's very few metrics that you can actually get a solid number on with podcasts. One of them is downloads, but another is engagement because you're able to see with Google, with Apple and with Spotify, how long a person has listened to a podcast. And what we have found is that with podcasts, after somebody has heard about a podcast, they decided they want to listen to an episode that they click play and then they go off. And as you said, like with your wife, she decided to listen to a particular podcast. She pressed play. She went out for her walk and that's what she's doing and, and listening to the podcast at the same time. So people are less likely to turn off the podcast right. because they're doing something else. Um, but the engagement levels are very high. And if you were doing it right, you can get engagement levels of 80, 90 are 100% people who are listening to right. the vast majority of your podcast. And most of the podcasts that we create for brands are 30, 40, 50 minutes long. Yeah. That's a lot of time to have yeah. somebody sitting in your ear talking. Uh, and that was definitely one of the things with all of the, the brand podcasts that we were talking to around the world. Uh, that engagement was something that they worked very hard on and succeeded. Okay. 
we move on from, I guess, engagement, because it's going to be linked to the next point, which is, is mm. story, right? Because I guess you're not engaging people if you don't have a good story to tell. That was one of the most important things for, and, and actually, I would say if there was one word that summed up all of the award winners, story is, is, is the one that they had. Uh, they were saying things to us like, um, people do amazing things. You just have to ask. That was the lady from the, the Flying Doctors uh, podcast. Okay. Um, there's a guy that we spoke to. He said, if people like your stories, well, they'll like your brand. Um, we spoke to a law firm and they said that the story comes first and the brand comes second. And this is what has worked for them. And I don't mean just like with uh, winning awards or making great podcasts. These are podcasts that have generated business and they do it because they put the story first, because if people like your story, they will like your brand. And I thought it was really yeah. interesting. And I some amazing stories. We did a, one of the award winners is Care Plus Pharmacy uh, here in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they did a podcast, uh, a niche pod. This is one of the things of podcasts is to go niche. And they did a podcast for women who were about to have a baby, but not just any baby. They were about to have their first baby. Right. Okay. And I remember one of the stories that stuck in my head in that particular podcast was they were recommending what to take to the labor ward. So you can kind of think, well, no, 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 no. And then things started coming out that you would never, ever think of. Um, like one of the things they said was to bring lip balm because it gets very dry in the hospital. Right. Another one was to bring a pair of big old comfy knickers. Uh, and another one was to bring a long lead for your phone. Oh, right. Into a maternity ward, worried about running out of power in yeah. their smartphone until, yeah. of course, you run out of power in your smartphone. So I thought these kind of little things, those little stories were, were, were terrific. The, uh, the, the Flying Doctors podcast, I mean, that was just full of amazing stories. The, the whole point of their podcast was they wanted to make city dwellers and tourists in Australia aware of what can happen when you're out in the bush and when you're out in the outback. Okay. One of the, one of the stories they told was about a guy who um, ended up being attacked by a crocodile he was out in the middle of nowhere and the crocodile de-gloved his arm, which means that the crocodile literally took all of the skin off his arm. Oh. You could just see all the muscles and the blood and everything. Never been a doctor. He had to get into his Jeep and drive for a full hour before he met another human being and then called the flying doctor. I is relating his story on the podcast. It's like magnetic. If oh. you walked into the kitchen halfway through that story, you wouldn't frighten anybody because they wouldn't be paying any attention to you. Um, <laughs> and then there was another one from uh, Shine Lawyers. And, uh, and I love because the guy making the podcast and the people that we spoke to, I should say, on the award winning series, they're all marketers. We didn't talk to the producers. Or like they're at the marketing. Okay. Great. We saw that. Well, I think podcasting could be useful as part of my marketing uh, uh, work. And this guy in Shine Lawyer says, and we interviewed the boss and then he told this story and I hated it, uh, where one of his first cases was he took on McDonald's, this huge multinational corporation, and it was a big case, a lot of money on the table, and he lost. Well, what and he keeps telling this story and his point is actually a very good one. He says, until you've lost something as big as that, you're not a lawyer until you've lost. Brilliant. Because you don't realize... 
you know, kind of what, what, what you're missing out on. So kind of all of those little stories uh, were being told in, in all of the various podcasts. So story is hugely important. Something else you, you kind of touched on was each of the podcasts we've talked about have had a very specific objective. Like they were trying to achieve something very specific. Yes. Uh, and, and that's another thing that now it's not in my top five. Yeah. Certainly one of the things that I noticed with the marketing people was they sat down and they kind of, because there was a bit of a tendency to go, oh, we make a podcast. Everybody's making a podcast. That's where to be. Um, all of these award winners went, okay, well, there's obviously some use in podcasts and it could be very engaging, but where is this going to fit into our overall scheme? Yeah, uh, And they would kind of look at, well, where are we going to use it? What's our goal? What part of our, you know, overall strategy is this going to fulfill? Um, some of them would do very detailed uh, internal uh, research. CarePlus did an awful lot of stuff and they talk about it in, in, in their episode of the podcast about what they did. Um, and th but it was that kind of preparation, thinking, what is it about? Not just kind of running into it and yeah. to be, you know, we should, it because it sounds, we should be on because it sounds like fun. I mean, it is fun. It can be fun. Um, but they, they went in and they decided they did their research. And I always say that to people, have your strategy, have your podcast strategy first. Yeah. Think about well, what is it that I need? What is it going to achieve for me? Yeah. I, I'm going to come back to that a bit later on because I think it's a very, very important point, but I want to touch on some of the other uh, five. So consistency was one of the one of the other ones that you talked about. Yes. Um. I, listen. This is this is very simple. They all said that their podcast worked because they showed up when they were consistent in when they published. Right. Okay. So, like a lot of people, again, will jump into podcasts and they do like the first four or five episodes and they put them all out in one go within a month, and then there's nothing for two months, and then they add another episode. It gets very here that. They said one of the things that worked was consistency where you publish every single week or you publish every second week. Yeah. And you just show up and you are always there and you are guaranteed. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, it's a great point as well. It's okay to, you know, pre-record and have, you know, six in the bank ready to go. And that's kind of, you know, whatever number of weeks or months that you want that to, to spread out over. I think that's, I, yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, but it's like, it's like, it's like EastEnders, you know, it's on at the same time every night for a reason, you know, yeah. Coronation Street, the, the news at nine o'clock, it's always on at nine o'clock. If you, you have that consistency and then you be, and I know this from radio, you become part of people's weekly lives. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and again, it's interesting when you think about it, you know, and it's always worth thinking about some of the really big ones, you know, when you hear, you know, our next episode is coming next Tuesday and you're literally going, I actually can't wait for that. Like it's, you know, that's, you know, we may not all get to that, but like that is kind of almost the, the ambition, but it is, you know, it's, it's kind of that looking forward. But again, the joy of podcasts, who I would forget now who was saying either I listened to it or, or read it somewhere, but they stopped doing other types of interviews and focused a lot of their effort on podcast interviews because the content was always available. So if they did something that was live, it was, you know, unless, you know, harder to find and harder to get out there, but they always knew their story would be available on the podcast. So again, that's another great advantage of, of kind of the, the value of doing podcasts and um, yeah. time. You are listening to That's What I Call Marketing, a partnership with The Indie List, where you will find experienced and vetted marketing talent, people like me, and also people who design and people who write. You get the idea. 
check out the indielist.ie. You are listening to That's What I Call Marketing. Do you need help growing your business through marketing? Well, check out our services at that's what I call marketing.com. Get in touch today and see how we can help. Time. That was another one that surprised me because they said that they needed to give the podcast time. Because again, like, you know, when you're starting on a new project, you want to conquer the world and you want to conquer the world immediately. Whereas with a podcast or anything that's kind of deep or anything that's engaging at that level, it needs time to grow. And I always think of uh, the Shawshank Redemption, like everybody's favorite movie. All right. <laughs> Absolutely tanked in the yeah, cinema yeah. when it came yeah. out. Okay. And it was only afterwards on DVD and then and VHS and, and whatever else that, that it grew. Um, and Breaking Bad was another TV series that started out like, you know, it's kind of these things kind of just need time. But when they are given the time to grow, they can grow into something enormous. Yeah. And that's what all of these podcasts did. And the producers were saying to me that the time was to grow, but the time was also for them to grow. And the time was also for them to kind of like suss out, well, what is it exactly that the audience wants? Right. Because quite often you'll go, People would love this. And then actually they want something else completely different. Yeah. Um, but you learn this and you give the public what the public wants, as Paul Weller would say. Um, <laughs> and you, uh, you learn that way. But they all, gave, like, they all gave a year. And when we're working with clients now, we will only work with a client for a year. Right. right. Well, I mean, for a minimum of a year because you need yeah. to give it. Like even if it's only 12 monthly episodes or something like that, or ever something that's every second week. But you need to give it that time mm. in order to... Let the audience grow, let you to find out what the podcast is about. What is the content that really works? If you're going to be doing a, some of the podcast work yourself in-house, there's skills that you will have to learn. You need to develop a, a, a workflow, a, a flow of guests and interesting content and all that. But all of these award winners, and again, like, you know, kind of they were they're successful podcasts outside of just being in awards and they all generated business for, for their various brands, but they all gave it time. Great. And actually, some of this has got a, a couple of other questions related, related to that, but I want to get to the fifth one. And then I have a few more specific questions about maybe when brands should start thinking about it. But your last one, am I right, was value. Did I, write, did I catch that right? Value. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to have a successful podcast, you need to be giving value to people. Why would people listen to you if you're not giving them information uh, that they can use and they can actually put? into use in, in their life. So value is, is a huge thing. Um, the lawyers podcast, the way they did it, I thought was really nice was they had uh, a client talking about the problem that they had uh, and they would relate their story. And then afterwards, um, the lawyer would come on and say, well, this is what the law says in this. So anybody well, listening and you're building up a, a bank of content with that. So if somebody, so the adoption story, I think I, I, I mentioned, if somebody is looking for their birth parents and is having difficulty and they're looking through this podcast and they find that story, and this is, this is what was happening over and over, right? They would find that story and they would listen to it and they go, oh my God, that is so me. And I've learned so much and now I know what I need to do. And they get on the phone, they call the law firm and they don't say, I need help with, they go, I want to talk to Michael. Right. The specific lawyer because they feel he's the person who's going to connection. Help. The two uh, most important reasons why people listen to podcasts, right? And they are level pegging, all right? This is amazing, right? Entertainment. 
So Peter Crouch and listen to stories and, and crime stories and murders, all that kind of, all very popular. Entertainment, right, is one. But equally, all right, 48% of people listen to podcasts because for entertainment reasons. 48% of people also listen to podcasts for educational reasons. Right. Yeah. To learn something or to be inspired. And if you have a podcast that's actually giving value, well then, I mean, you're in there with one of the top reasons for listening to podcasts. Yeah. I was curious as you went through these award winners, hmm. who were the presenters? You mentioned the lawyer was the lawyer. Like, were the presenters all internal people? Did they bring people in? How did they go about that? They were generally internal people. Right. Uh, my experience and the experience, again, with all of these award winners is authenticity is a major factor in the success of a podcast. Okay. So you can be a brand and you can kind of say, I know some brands are very into their personality. Oh, we want blah, 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 rugby player in, or we want blah, 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 TV person. But that person may not know anything about the topic. Yeah. And if they don't know anything about the topic, well, then they could be missing out on something huge. So, uh, and then also there's, there's just an authenticity and a knowledge there that works. And I always say to our clients, I say, you know, we're there to make you sound good and we're right. there to train you and to help you. And, you know, if you're reading an introduction, some people go, oh, but I'm reading it. And I go, well, who, nobody cares if you're reading it mm. because you're not wasting the person's time. You're conveying the information and you get right into the content that people will find valuable as quickly as possible. Um, so you don't need that polish. The authenticity is, is way more important. And that absolutely shines through with all of the award winners we spoke to. Um, so I guess one of the things, the questions I've, I've had and thinking about this today, and if a brand is listening to this today going, yeah, I thought we should do podcasts. Hmm. What are some things that they need to think about? Not necessarily in terms of kind of the logistical side. I think you can, you can get to that. But like, why, why would I do a podcast over sponsoring a podcast that is in my area? Like as an example, because it is a hard, it's a big lift. Like it is a, you know, it takes time effort. We talked about all those things. So it'd be good to get your view on, on the why. Uh, you can sponsor a show, but you have no control over the content of that show or who's presenting it or how they may behave. We've seen all that left, right and center. Um, you've no control over what's happening within the show. With your own branded podcast, you absolutely have 100% control. If you're sponsoring a podcast, you get 30 or 60 seconds. You can just play a radio ad. You know, on, on, on a medium as intimate as podcasting that is getting such high attention levels to just throw in a radio ad, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, what works very well is uh, host-read announcements. But if the host gets what you do, well, then it's, it, it's magic. It literally yeah. is magic. But quite often the host doesn't get what you do. Right. They're just reading a, a, a script or something, and it just sounds false. When you have your own brand podcast, you control the content 100%. And actually, you may not be hitting the same kind of huge numbers. This, again, is something that we found in, in real life. You don't hit the huge numbers that you might get if you're, you know, sponsoring the Tommy Tiernan podcast or something like that. But every single person who does download and listen to your podcast gets what it is that you do. Right. And they want to know more about what it is that you do. You're telling the story of related to what it is that you do. And if people like your story, they will buy into your brand. So it's not necessarily 
reach. You're not you're not doing it to reach a large audience oh, necessarily. No. Podcasting is all about quality. Yeah. Engagement and quality. That's what it's about. And then so I suppose getting it out there, I mean, you can, you know, do all the good stuff, understand your strategy, know your story, know what you want to get across, have that kind of specific objective. I think these are really important things. And once you get it out there, how do you get it out there? Because, you know, if a tree falls in the wood. Well, that's another thing that we spoke to. No, no, yes, yeah, true, true, too. But that's another thing that we spoke to all of our award winners on our podcast series about. And we said kind of, how did you get the word out there? It's one of my standard questions. Like, you've put all this effort in. Yeah, how yeah. do you tell the world about it? Like, you know? Um, um, and they came back with some some really good things. Consistency was one of the things they said, because if yeah. you're there every week, you're building an audience every week and people are able to say, oh, I found this thing, da, 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 and there's always something new the, and, and something going on. Um, publishing frequency uh, is very important, okay? I kind of look at the frequency of publishing in three ways. If you're going to do a podcast once a month, it's good for building content. Uh, if you're going to publish a podcast that's uh, out every two weeks or so, it's good for thought leadership. If you're going to publish a podcast every week, it's brilliant for brand authority. They're, mm. they're the three things. And that's what the award winners did. Um, for promoting it, they would use all of their, every channel they had at their disposal. Yeah. Okay. And they would do it consistently. They wouldn't just go, boom, we've got a new podcast on all of the social channels and then never talk about it again. Uh, they would have it as, you know, kind of front and center on their website. Um, they would be constantly talking about what's in the latest issue. Uh, or the latest episode, I should say, uh, on their socials. A number of them would use in stores, so they would have posters in store. Gotcha. They would uh, have a little QR code on the poster, so people would just scan their phone, and it goes right into their 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 podcast app. And in terms of then, you know, I'm getting into some of the the logistical things. You know, do you do you have to have editing skills? Do you have to have presenting skills? Is that where you know have to be in house? Do you have to have a studio? Well, no, look, there's many ways to skin a cat, all right? Yeah, now, yeah. One or two of the marketing people had previously had journalistic experience, okay? So they were able to do a little bit of editing or they were able to craft the story better. Uh, others had no idea. Um, others knew how to do it, but just didn't have the time. So they would use a, an external producer. I would say probably about 60, uh, maybe 70% of them used an external producer to some extent, yeah. but a lot of them did a lot of the work uh, in-house as, as well. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, I can't remember which interview it was, but it was the person saying that, okay, so this is a podcast. It was a first for our company. It was a first for our industry. And I just thought, you know, my name is riding on this. You know, people are going to be looking at me. My boss is going to be looking at me. My yeah. industry is going, I can't just jump on YouTube and do a quick course on how to edit audio. I need somebody who knows what they're doing, like, you yeah. know, uh, and this is what you'll find with external because this is what they do. They make podcasts yeah. and the stuff yeah. like I know it myself, the stuff in my head that I don't even think about yeah. because yeah. it's yeah. just part of my professional, what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And even getting to your Corey Highland, who a lot of people know kind of talks about your core story, like just extracting that piece is, is really valuable and worthwhile yeah. investing time in that and kind of getting the the expertise and of course our friends at the indie list who can help and you're 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 there to help you've touched on some great things like i think mm. really people having a very clear reason for doing it's like anything in marketing what's a reason for doing this like what's the job mm. to be done what are your objectives what can you achieve um you know probably not chasing 
the numbers and you, you know, looking at this is a very authentic way of getting that message out to a group of people that, that care. And I think, you know, it's that time of year where people are thinking about next year, thinking about planning and how, you know, maybe podcast becomes part of their, their marketing, marketing mix. Are there any things people should watch out for if they're going into that planning phase? I would say talk to a podcast producer. Right. And just get information. You know, get information, get ideas, and then make your decision. If it's something that can definitely help, it's not, it's podcasting will definitely be a very positive influence on your overall marketing campaign. Um, I would often explain to people that if you are, you know, like when you're running an event in a hotel and you need to get a hundred people in there, the trouble you have to go to. Organize the hotel, entertainment, food, drinks, send out invites, get people to come along. Do you know what I mean? You do that with a podcast, no problem. And it sits there forever. Yeah. You know? So that months down the line, there's more people coming in and seeing the same show. It's like doing a show for, for a stand-up comedian. You know, any of them would be loved to be in the laughter lounge and have 300 people there, you know, watching their routine. If yeah. you had 300 people listening to your podcast, do you know what I mean? And, you know, the cost effectiveness is, is amazing. And the engagement that it delivers is amazing. And as I say, it, it's all about quantity. It, it's a great comparison, you know, and of, you know, if you were doing an event and you were trying to get a hundred people at it, like a heavy lift, you'd, pre- you'd spend six months planning it and organizing it and the cost and the logistical nightmare. And, you know, it's a great way of kind of looking at it, like, what's the value of that audience? And I, you know, for the first, first time somebody mentioned to me when I was um, working with our Australian marketing team at, at Indeed and a guy there, Jay Monroe said, oh, you know, we'd like to do a podcast. And I, I'll be honest, my initial reaction was like, really, really, Jay? Like, and all the questions we, we brought up here now is like, why? Like, what's it going to do? And he, very clever. He was like, look, we have a group of people that we want to engage with that are decision makers that can help make a decision whether to use us in their business or not. And we really struggle to get them to come to our event or to just get a, take a call from anybody. If, if I can bring them in and interview them, not about what we do at Indeed, but what they do and their thought leadership and their views on the future of work and all that kind of stuff, it's going to build and engagement. And that's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. And, and I hear that with successful podcasts over and over and over again. Yeah. That kind of thing where they're, they're resonating with other people. And when yeah. you do that, the, the, the business just comes. It's like, I, you know, I'm not a salesperson. I don't like sales. But podcasting is kind of like, it's just such an effective sales machine. I yeah. have found it anyway. And, and, and I've seen it with all of the award winners that we spoke to on, on our podcast as well. Brilliant. Dusty, listen, thank you so much for taking me through um, all that. I know you, you're putting out a series on kind of these. Yes, uh, basically we, we've just put it, if you want to find it, just get into your podcasting app and just search for uh, award winners Dust Pod and, and it'll pop up. Uh, and essentially for our first series, we have uh, seven people from Australia, from Canada, from the UK, from Ireland. They are all marketing managers. They're not podcast creators. They're marketing managers, branding people. Uh, the one thing that they all have in common is the podcast projects that they did all won awards. So that's, that's why award win is the title. 
and just brilliant. <laughs> see brilliant. So award winners. Wow, that's a great look. That's a great way to to start a place to start. If you're if you're thinking about this as a as a vehicle, part of your marketing mix for um for your organization, yeah. you know, listen to, listen to what the award winners say, and then you know, yeah, it's great great way great way to start. Dusty, thanks so much. Great to chat. Thanks for all your support. Just for anyone listening, and um, Dusty's been amazing. Always answering questions I have about you know doing things or when I'm stuck or not. And you're fantastic. So I genuinely appreciate that you've been you've been so generous. So I, I really appreciate it. Oh, no, no, you're welcome. I just, I just look, it's just it's it's good for everybody. Good podcasts out in the world is just it's a it's a good thing. That's my passion. Uh, well, look, and there you go. It's, it's about the passion. So yeah, keep. it. Keep it going. Dusty, thanks a million. You're welcome. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with the brilliant Dusty Rose. I mean, with a name like that, he had to end up on radio. Oh, look, I know. Uh, I hope you got some great insights there. It was brilliant that Dusty had gone and dug into the uh, award-winning database. It is a great source of information. And not only that, he's gone out and he's spoken to the award, award winners. Great place to start. Go find his award winners, secrets, award-winning brand, podcasts. And just search dustpod.io. And I think it was great to get those five key elements that you need to think about. There's lots more, but of course, listening to these award winners and thinking about it and really understanding, I think for me, the key is like, why are you doing this? What's the objective? And, you know, how is it going to help your overall marketing mix? Of course, it is a brilliant way to get across incredible, powerful storytelling and creating great value for an audience about something that you and they care about. Well, that is it for today's episode of That's What I Call Marketing. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Of course, if you have enjoyed today's episode, please do share it. Subscribe wherever you're listening or watching so you know when our next episode lands. You can follow us on social media at That's What I Call Marketing or Twitter X, that's underscore marketing. And of course, if we can help you with your growth through marketing, visit That's What I Call Marketing.com and see how we can help. Thanks again to the Indie List for their support of this show. If you need experienced, excellent marketing talent, go to theindielist.ie. Don't go anywhere else. Theindielist.ie.